Hello, my sisters. This is Ola Davis back with another episode. This is episode number 18. And in this episode, I talk about how staying in an abusive marriage is damaging to our children. And um, I know damage is a very strong word, but that is the choice of that word is deliberate um, because we need to wake up to the fact that staying in an abusive marriage while raising children can be damaging to those children. Um, So we'll be taking a look at a few examples of how this might be damaging to children. I hope you're in a quiet place where you're able to listen without any distractions and we're going to dig right in. Hey sis, welcome to the When Marriage Hurts podcast. I'm your host, Ola Davis. My mission is to help Christian women in painful marriages become aware of the marriage lies our society and religion has programmed our heads with. Are you tired of marriage advice that always blames you for whatever goes wrong in your marriage? Have you attended all the marriage seminars seeking help only to be blamed and shamed for your marriage problems? Has your marriage become the source of your greatest pain? Have you lost hope of being happily married? Are you just hanging in for the sake of your kids? I've been there before. I know what it is like to feel alone in marriage, yet feel trapped by the wedding vows that I made. Together, we will discover scriptural truths that set us free from the pain so that healing can begin. Oh yeah, let's shake some tables. Welcome back. Yes, so like you heard in the intro, we're going to talk about how emotional abuse in marriage affects our children. Um, But before I do that, I just want to read out um, just a, a snippet of an email or message that I got from one of you. Yes, I had someone sent me a message and that really blessed my heart. Um, I know that I do ask for reviews and I can understand why, you know, some some of you might not be ready to leave a review on Apple Podcast, which if you want to, you really don't have to use your real name. You could use a nickname or a made-up name. It's just so good to hear from a listener i know there i know you're all out there listening but it's actually great to get that feedback from someone that um this uh podcast is helping um i'm not going to mention her name because i i didn't even um tell her that i was going to do this on the show um so i'm going to leave out a, a name and she sent me this um uh, message and i i just want to read a portion of it She says, I feel seen, heard, understood, and finally have words to describe what's been happening to me. You're an amazing woman, and I am so thankful I found your podcast. Well, I'm so thankful that you found the podcast, and I am also thankful that you decided to send me a message. So it that. That message really, really blessed my heart. 
I know emotional abuse can be tricky because it's often hard to even to know what's going on. So that's why podcasts like this help to clear that confusion. So I'm I'm so glad that I got that feedback that this is really helping people find clarity and be able to see through the the fog of confusion that they've been living in. So thanks for sending that in. All right. So going into today's episode, how exactly does emotional abuse affect our children? What if someone might be thinking, what if my husband just abuses me? And what if he's a great dad? What if he he, he treats the kids, you know, so well? And I'm the one, I'm the only one he abuses. Huh? Well, I'll tell you what. You are the mother of those kids. There is no way a man can love his kids when he's abusing their mother. And I'll explain what I mean by that. When you're being abused by your husband, that abuse permeates every part of your being. It puts you, especially when you don't even know what's happening to you yet, because once you catch on to the abuse, then you can start thinking of how to combat that, how to draw boundaries and whatnot. But when you're still at the stage where you don't even know what in the world is going on, you just know you're confused. You know, there's something wrong with your marriage, but you can't really put a finger on it. You don't even know how to explain to other people. You don't quite know how to put it into words. That messes up with your mental health messes up with your physical health you're not able to be present in the moment and that goes for whether you're at work or you're at home with your kids your ability to think straight is severely undermined your ability to be a good mother is undermined the whole what's going on in your marriage takes up It just consumes your life, essentially. You're not able to focus on other things that matter in your life because your whole mind is being taken up by this abusive, this confusion in your marriage, right? And so you're not able to be a good mother to your kids, essentially. So even if you think that your husband treats the kids great, The truth is he's still abusing those children indirectly. He still abuses them as a result of abusing you. So when abused women um, realize that they are being abused, sometimes they think, well, maybe I should just endure and stay for the sake of the children. And I taught that too. But I got to a point where I started seeing how my kids were being affected and I was like, no, I need to leave for the sake of the children. And that's a decision that no one can make for you, right? You have to make for yourself. So I'll just highlight a few ways that an emotionally abusive marriage negatively affects kids, can can leave 
damaging consequences on the growth and development of our children. So the first way is that emotional abuse alters the sense of what an healthy marriage should look like for kids. When do we learn when do we start learning about marriage and how marriage should work and what marriage should look like? It's not when we attend a singles <laughs> program in church where they're telling us about marriage. No, that's not that's not the first time that we learn about marriage. Neither is it when we get engaged to someone and start attending marriage counseling. No, that's not where we first get our education on marriage. Our first education on marriage, we get from our parents. Okay? So from a very early age, before a child even starts school, their parents are already teaching them about marriage. Not consciously, but subconsciously. Because children learn by watching. They observe what's going on around them. So whether we know it or not, we are modeling what marriage should look like for our kids. So if we are in a marriage where your husband talks down at you, he undermines your confidence, you know, he, he makes you feel like you're crazy. He does, I mean, all the things that we've talked about in a few other episodes of how emotional abuse plays out in marriage. Your children are watching that. You might think they don't notice you might think, oh, they're still too young. They're not like teenagers or anything, but they're watching. <laughs> they're watching. They're taking mental notes. To them, this is what marriage should look like. They don't know any different. So we're modeling marriage to our kids. And that's one way that it affects them. Because they begin to see that as normal. If you have a son, a son starts to look, uh, he doesn't realize that it's wrong for a husband to talk down at his wife or yell at his wife. He just doesn't know that. That's all he's learned. That's all he's ever known. Your daughter doesn't know that it's okay to draw boundaries with her husband. She doesn't know it's okay for her to speak up for herself. She doesn't know any of that stuff because every single time our dad has treated our mom that way, she's seen our mom just, just cower and not be able to be helpless, essentially. So to her, that's what marriage is all about. And I have seen young ladies that grew up in a home where their father emotionally abused their mom. And they've decided that they're never getting married just based off of that. Because it's, it's hard to convince them that marriage can be healthy. Marriage can be different from what they've experienced. It's just hard to convince them. Like for them, even when, it's, when they see a couple that seems healthy... Uh, when they see a marriage, excuse me, when they see a marriage that seems healthy, there is still that that doubt, that skepticism, I should say, that, well, maybe I'm not seeing the full picture. 
because they've just been programmed to see marriage as something I'm talking about the daughters now. They've seen marriage as something that's going to make them less than. They don't see it as a loving, mutually benefiting relationship. So they're either growing up to think the soul marriage thing is not for me. Or they decide, well, I'm going to get married, but I'm going to make sure no man treats me. the way my father treated my mother. So they go into their marriage with that kind of baggage where even if they're, you know, lucky to end up with a healthy man that's not abusive, they keep sabotaging their own relationships because they feel that, well, it's still going to try and abuse me at some point. So I better be on my guard, right? So anyways, that's it for that. It alters their sense of what a healthy marriage looks like. Another way that it can be damaging to kids is that it breeds anxiety, especially when the kids are young. And I actually noticed this in my daughter. She is, she's, how old is she? Oh my goodness. She's seven. My daughter's seven now. She's seven years old. And I noticed that, I mean, she was, as a toddler, she was very um, fun-loving, full of energy, and all of these things. And I know that sometimes children's personalities get kind of modified and change as they grow up. So when she was becoming quiet and reflective, I just thought, well, maybe she's just maturing, right? Maybe she's just not a baby anymore and she's just getting matured. But then I noticed that she started getting withdrawn and very shy and also very anxious. She became, her confidence started suffering and I couldn't tie this. There was nothing that I could tie this to until God essentially opened my eyes to see that it was the state of my marriage that was affecting my daughter. So she just went from this confident child to one that lacks confidence, that's anxious. I mean, she she became a people pleaser, essentially. She became so eager to please. She was always trying to do something that would make me praise her she would always come to me and be like mommy can I help you can I help you and she would help me and you know I just thought oh she's just a helpful person I thought oh this is great I'm I'm raising my daughter to be super helpful and concerned about other people but then I started noticing that no this is this is something else she's becoming a people pleaser and how I got to know that is because anytime she would come up to me and be like and this was when she was five years old going on six she would come to me and be like oh can I help you do this can I help you do that and she would help me do those things and she would still be restless like she couldn't just be and just go play with a toy or watch tv she would just grow really restless and be like uh mommy what else can I help you with what else can I help you with mommy and I'll be like um actually you've been super helpful I think you could just go have fun and go play now and she would just start crying 
And initially, I just couldn't understand that. I'm like, it's okay. I don't have anything for you to do right now. You've been very helpful. It's time for you to go relax and have some fun. And she would start crying. She'd be like, I just want to help you, mommy. And she would have this. And it wasn't a cry of like disappointment. It was more of a nervous cry. Like she couldn't just go play with her sister or do something fun. And I started noticing that severe anxiety in her. And then I started getting report reports from a teacher when she was in kindergarten that she likes to help the teacher in class, likes to help clean up after like an art project or whatever. But she didn't like playing with her friends. She didn't like, you know, going out for recess or socializing. She just wanted to work and work and work and do more work. That's not normal, (laughs) sisters. That's just not normal for a five-year-old. Those are traits that get built into a child based off of what they're experiencing in their environment. So she always wanted to do things to fetch, to get acceptance, right? To feel accepted. She felt she had to do all this work to gain acceptance by a teacher, to gain acceptance by a parent. And when she couldn't do that, when there was no work to be done to gain that acceptance, she gets really nervous and anxious. And when I say anxious, I mean like she's crying, she's shaking. And she's just shaking and she's like, Mommy, I just want to help. Mommy, I just want to help. And that scared the shit out of me. (laughs) Excuse my French. That really scared me because I could see myself in her. I could see... It was as if as I was seeing myself at that age where I knew that because my, I mean, I grew up with an abusive father as well. And even as early as age five, six, I knew that I could only get love and acceptance from my father if I was continually doing things to make him proud. He wasn't just going to love me because I was his daughter. He was going to love me if I was having the best grades in class. If I was constantly doing things that he could boast about to his friends, that was the only way I could get love and acceptance from him. So I saw it was as if that was playing out in my daughter's life. And I saw that and I was like, oh my goodness. I don't want this to happen to my daughter. She's starting to walk on eggshells as well. Um, Now, my second daughter, my younger daughter, what I noticed with her is that she became, when she was, as a baby, as a toddler, she um, she was smart and intelligent, and she was also fun-loving. And she was just a a quiet baby that didn't stress out her mother, right? (laughs) But as she grew up, age age four, age uh, three going on four, I should say, and 
and just before she um, clocked five, she started getting very unruly. Like she would just do, she would just be causing trouble for no reason. Started beating up her sister. <laughs> and I know, I know some of these things can look like normal children behavior. What I'm telling you is that I noticed that she became very troublesome. And it was later on that I started learning more about how children respond when they're not getting the healthy kind of attention from their parents, that this is how they respond. They just cause trouble. Like any attention is good attention for them. So whether it's negative attention from the parents trying to discipline them because they're causing trouble, at least that's that's still some attention. So that was the case with my younger daughter. She was always, you know, quote-unquote, finding trouble, always slapping her sister around. And of course, I didn't know how to handle that. So I would just spank her, which would lead to more, her becoming more violent. And she was just um, like getting out of control. Like she was getting spanked every other week. And I knew that the spanking wasn't working. I'll put out timeouts. That wasn't working. <laughs> it took a while for me to see that she's just, what was going on in our home this was how it was affecting my daughter, affecting both of them, actually. So they were displaying different kind of symptoms, but the root cause was the same. Another way is that, um, so I've, I've talked about lack of confidence. So that like all these things are kind of intertwined and interconnected. So when they lack confidence, they become anxious and then they just live in this state of anxiety such that it affects them even outside the home. So when they're in school, they are the kind of kids that you will see that would be desperate to have someone be their friend. Even if that person is a bully, even if that child is a bully, even if that child is, does not want anything to do with them, they are always desperate to have that person be their friend. And then they are easily, because they are desperate to keep a friend, they are easily influenced in a bad way. Peer pressure for them is like, it's like double what it is for the regular child from a healthy home. Like they would do anything to gain that acceptance. So they're just, they're just, in this world, trying to gain a acceptance no matter what it costs. That's that's it essentially. Sometimes it's easier to to observe these things than it is to explain them. Because when you're being abused, I didn't realize, I thought I was taking care of my children the best way that I could. But it was after I had separated from my husband, like two, three months after I had separated, that was when I realized just how much of my brain power that was being sucked by this abusive situation. It was as if I was getting to know my children again. It was as if I was getting to enjoy what being a mother should be. <laughs> like I had missed that for years. Like I had just been going through the motions, feeding them, taking them to school, 
you know, giving them a bath, doing their laundry. Like there was no joy in all of that because my abusive marriage was sucking the joy out of me. So after I got separated was when I started experiencing my children, if, if I can put it that way. When I started just enjoying, you know, rather than sit in a corner and just bury myself in social media on my phone. I actually started enjoying putting my phone aside and doing stuff with my kids, spending time with them, having conversations, like having conversations that have nothing to do with what do you want to eat for dinner? (laughs) You know, conversations that have nothing to do with that. Just fun conversations. Watching animated movies with them. It was after I got separated that I I started enjoying those activities with my kids. I started getting to know them. I started getting to to even ask, be interested about how their day went at school. That kind of thing. So I started, I, I became quite attuned to their needs because my thoughts, my my mind wasn't being consumed by how to fix my abusive marriage it's i mean it's incredible it's like light and day um so another way is that when we're being abused we tend to detach so i just gave an example of while my husband and i were still together i would tend to just bury myself in some activity is it that i'm cleaning cooking or if i have nothing doing in the house i just go on my phone and i just want to be left alone <laughs> like i had no energy to interact with anybody i had no energy to socialize i just did not have strength for that kind of thing when you're being abused your strength is like being drained out of you i was always tired The doctor was always putting me on some one iron pill or the other. (laughs) I was just always emotionally and mentally exhausted. So I I had kind of detached from my kids such that I was meeting their physical needs, but I, I had no strength to meet their emotional needs. And that affects the child's emotional development. It leads them to think that You don't really care about them. And you might think, of course, I care about my kids. They are the most important people in my life. Yeah, but when you're being abused, you're not able to treat them like they're the most important people in your life. And that affects their emotional growth. It affects their emotional growth. A lot of abusive people today have become that way because they grew up in abusive homes. Because they they grew up in an environment where either the parents, a parent was abusive or both parents were abusive or one parent was abusing the other parent or all of the above. It's something that has lasting consequences on the child's development. It has lasting consequences on a child's development. When you see an adult that are not able to self-regulate their own emotions, so whether they have anger issues 
or whether they become people pleasers or whether they struggle with having self-confidence and all of these things it usually stems from childhood so even though they might not have obvious problems right they might not be the child that causes trouble in school all the time but there are these internal struggles so on the outside you might be a smart kid doing well in school and all of that but then they continue to have these internal struggles now i'm not trying to make excuses for abusers right i came from an abusive home i you know i didn't enter marriage to abuse my spouse but there are ways in which coming from an abusive home affected me you know there are now i know there are people that come from healthy homes and end up mar- marrying an abuser but i think there was something that was lacking in my own life as a child that even as an adult that was already a christian and knowledgeable and i know my identity in christ and all of that stuff i was still looking for that thing i was still looking for that love and acceptance that i never had as a child like unconditional love when you know that you are just loved for who you are not for what you can do or what you bring to the table or what you can offer so growing in that environment can cause a child's emotional development to be stunted and i knew i needed to not stay for my kids but i needed to leave because of my kids <laughs> Um there's a scripture in Ephesians 6:4 that I'm just going to quickly read before we wrap up here. And I'm going to read this in the amplified version. It says fathers, but really this is addressing parents in general. It says, "Do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment." And you know nobody wants to do this to their kids really but when you're in an, an abusive marriage this is what you do to your children subconsciously so it says do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them wow that's powerful i'm going to pause there It says showing favoritism or indifference. When you are in an abusive marriage, by default you're going to be indifferent towards your children, not because you want to, but because you just don't have the energy not to be indifferent. So you're going to do the basics, you're going to feed them, you're going to clothe them if they're sick, you're going to take them to the doctor, but you simply do not have the mental or emotional energy to be attuned to them emotionally. I'll keep reading. It says, "But bring them up tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and instruction of the Lord." When you're in an abusive marriage, any love that you have to offer, if you have any at all, goes to your husband. <laughs> and abu- an an abuser is like a vampire 
They suck the love out of you. They suck the energy out of you. They suck the life out of you. So you end up being bankrupt. You have nothing to offer your kids. And your kids end up, you know, suffering for that developmentally. So I knew that I had to leave (laughs) so that my kids, you know, the cycle had to be broken. I didn't want my daughter to, to be like the way I grew up. I didn't want her to grow up that way. In fact, it looked to me like as was anxiety on steroids, probably more than what I experienced as a child. And I was like, wow, I need to get out of this for the sake of my children. So when people told me, why don't you consider staying for for the kids? I just laugh. I'm like, I'm leaving for the kids. And that confuses people because they don't understand. Now, I know there's a lot of studies out there that talks about the importance of Kids growing up in a two-parent home, kids growing up with their father, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I'm going to say. The magic is not in a two-parent home. It's really about growing up in a home with healthy parents or a healthy parent. So what makes, what helps a child in the long term is not having two parents in the home. Like there's no magic about having two grown adults in the home. No. What really helps a child, what helps grow a healthy child is having a healthy parent. It's about the soil that our children are being planted in. So if we plant our children in a soil, and by by soil I mean home, in the soil where there's an abusive parent, It doesn't matter whether it's a two-parent home. They're still going to grow up having issues. They're going to grow up having issues. And they might grow up with, you know, lasting, damaging issues that that are lasting, that are long-term. So I know some women are held back just by that, just because we think our kids might end up in jail if they grow up in, in a house without their father. That is not true. It's not true. It's not divorce that breaks the home. It's abuse that breaks the home. So if you're on the verge of that making that decision and you're like, oh, I don't want to break the family apart. Honey, the family is already broken. Abuse already broke the home. Not the divorce. It's the abuse that breaks the home. I hope that helps somebody and and sets someone free. All right. So this is where we're going to call it a day on this episode. Um, If you haven't followed us on Instagram, what are you waiting for? You can find us at When Marriage Hurts on Instagram. And I also invite you to join our Facebook group. Um, If you're shy about leaving a review... On Apple Podcasts, even though I would strongly encourage that you do that and just put up a nickname there, <laughs> it will really mean the world to me. But if you don't, you don't feel quite ready to do that. You can just 
send me a message on Instagram, send me a message on Facebook. You can send me a message through the Facebook group. Um, you can send me a message through Instagram on when marriage hurts and just tell me how this show's helped you. Tell me one thing this show has helped you with. Okay. Um, also you could let me know if there are topics that you would want to hear more about on the podcast as well. I'm super open to that. I don't just come here to talk, talk, talk. I do this for you. Sisters, I do this for you. So if there's something you would want to learn more about that you would want to hear on future episodes, do not hesitate to let me know. Okay, so thank you so much for sharing this time with me. I really, really appreciate it. I want you to know that you're not alone. It feels super alone when you're in the dark. But I want you to know that Jesus is with you. When you cry yourself to sleep at night, I want you to know that Jesus is right there with you. When you feel this sense of despair, I want you to know that he's with you. He said he will never leave you nor forsake you and he's standing by his word. You are not alone. Whatever steps you need to take, he's going to hold your hand every step of the way. Okay? All right. Well, do have a wonderful week ahead. I love you. And so does Jesus. Have a great week. Has this podcast blessed you? If yes, please head over to Apple Podcasts when marriage hurts and leave a written review for the show. It would be such a blessing to me to know that this show has impacted you in some ways. Also, share this podcast with a friend. Let's spread the word. Lastly, if you would like to be a part of a community of like-minded women of faith who are on a journey to living the best life God has for them despite their marriage challenges, join our Facebook group, When Marriage Hurts. Until next time, remember these words of Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest.